Hello and welcome to the Golden Power Hour podcast, where we are opening doors through open minds in real estate. I'm Kristen Steed. And I'm Carrie Bedore, and we are with Golden Link Real Estate Services. Golden Link specializes in real estate agent development with a vision of helping people live the best life ever. So Carrie, I am always excited about the topics that we're talking about, but today I am super excited to talk about agents. Are you doing what you do best? We've said this before. I'm going to say it again. We pick our topics very intentionally at Golden Link because when we say we want you to live the best life ever, we don't mean it superficially like, oh my God, this is the best ever. Um, <laughs> I love that voice. <laughs> oh my God, totally. Like, totally. can you tell that I was raised in the era of like, was it mall rats and, you know, jelly shoes? You're aging yourself, Kristen. <laughs> I know. I know. Phones were still mounted to the wall. And think of just how different life was back in the day. I'm a Gen Xer, but I identify as a late millennial. <laughs> It's so funny. Oh my God, totally. But I, I think it's really important for people to understand, you know, when we say best life ever, there's been a lot of research in resiliency and how important resiliency is to living a thriving life. There is a way to measure that. If you were to look at a ladder with 10 rungs on it, and where would you rank yourself from zero to 10 on the quality of life today? And if you looked ahead five years from now, you know, where would you rank yourself in that ladder? And it showcases a lot about mindset and do you have a positive and optimistic outlook on what life is going to look like in the future? And the way that that question is answered by a lot of people, it really determines, you know, what their resiliency and their ability to thrive in life looks like. So that's what really helps anchor golden link in the things that we talk about and why we do what we do. You know, we open with it, opening doors through open minds, and then we want to help people live the best life ever. And it, we really mean it not only for the agents that are serving people across the nation, find properties and homes and accomplish the things that they're looking to do. But so many people who are working in this industry have opportunities and today's podcast is really going to help them focus and be thought provoking on how are you running your business? How self-aware are you of your strengths and how good are you at doing what it is that you do best? That's helping you to create an environment that you're thriving because we know that when people are not working in an environment that they're thriving, there's a 61% higher likelihood that they are going to experience burnout and what it is that they're doing. And there's all sorts of other stressors that come along with that, like 66% higher chance of having daily worry or 48% more stress in their day-to-day. -day. So that's why we're talking about, are you doing what it is that you do best in real estate? And so we know it's no secret that agents wear many different hats from networking to prospecting to contracts and negotiations. Agents are constantly shifting gears. And actually every day, you don't know what hat you're putting on. How do you get ready in a day? Because sometimes you just don't know what you're about to walk into when you're living a life as a real estate agent. It's funny, Kristen, because I challenge you to close your eyes for a minute and imagine that you're a real estate agent, but you're actually an octopus. And <laughs> 
you've got those octopus tentacles that are constantly taking one hat off and putting another hat on and sometimes they're bumping into each other and there's you know all these different hats and sometimes they're half falling off and sometimes you're really good at some of the things and other things that just causes so much pain in your in your world and it's a true, true statement when we think about all the different hats that you have to wear. And it's such a good question to ask yourself, are you doing what you do best? And the reason that you need to ask that is because, especially if you're an agent that has been doing this for a while, you start really, really diving in to, um, I, I love this part of real estate and I despise this part. Mm-hmm. And if you're not asking yourself that question often and being truly honest with it, it can actually stunt your growth in the industry. And it is a way for you to identify pain points perhaps in your business where you can make changes and you can start leveraging some of the stuff out and doing more of the things that you do best so you can grow your business and thrive like you were talking about before. So eliminate some of that worry and stress and burnout that people feel when they are perhaps not doing the things that they do best. But you first have to kind of identify what they are and how to eliminate them by creating some leverage points in your real estate business. It's interesting just hearing you lay that all out. I couldn't help but be reflective on my own personal journey because I haven't always known what it is that I do well, but I could probably rattle off a list pretty fast of the things that uh, maybe don't come as easy to me or the things that I find frustrating. And, you know, the last five years or so, I've had the opportunity to work in an environment that was very focused on strengths development and servant leadership and cultural transformation. And that experience for me was so enlightening because it really allowed me to be more reflective on how I naturally think my reoccurring, you know, thought patterns that really influence what I do and how I do it. And I have some strengths, you know, high up that are like ideation, futuristic, strategic. And I have found that when I end up in an environment that is pretty stagnant, like, you know, think of an assembly line where every day is the same. You pick things up and put them down. You put it in the same spot. There's not a lot of room for ideating. There's not a lot of room for doing things different. I've learned that that's not a great environment for me to be in because of how I'm naturally wired. And so in the past, when I have found myself in those environments, because I was unaware that that was naturally who I was, I found myself to be a lot less happy, which in turn kind of drug everyone around me down as well. You know, so if you think about it, if you've been in an environment where you're around people, um, I call it like the bad apples, if you will, like one bad 
apple can spoil the whole bunch. It really is amazing how influential one person can be to a cultural environment and like why this topic is so important, but not just at work either. You know, when you're working in an environment where you're not happy, chances are you're bringing some of that stuff home with you too. The stressors of it and just who you are as a person and the implications that it can have on, on your health. So again, forever grateful for some of the past experiences that I've been able to have and being more aware of how I naturally am. And then also embracing those natural strengths of others. Like everything started to feel a lot easier once I became aware of what it is that I was good at, what I needed to hand off to somebody else, and then what others were really good at. And it's like, let good people do good work. We know people are different than us, like get out of their way and let them do what they do best and sparkle and shine. And man, does life feel a lot easier when that happens. It is way easier said than done. Like, you know, right. It's, it becomes a, it's an artwork. Like you don't realize that you're in the thick of the sludge until you're deep in it. And you're like, Oh, why am I doing this? Well, and, and sometimes for instance, when you're a brand new real estate agent, you aren't even really aware of what you're really good at and what you're not. And you kind of need to go through the process of experiencing the, all the different hats that you're wearing and going through that process. I have a really great story. There was a brilliant, brilliant girl decided to get into real estate, you know, super sweet, very personable, just would stress out over everything in around contracts, negotiations, and would over communicate and would completely stress herself out. She would stress her buyers and sellers out. She would stress out the agents that she worked with because she just had so much anxiety about that part of the job. But she was brilliant at aligning all the um, contract dates and, you know, having order. And that's, that's one thing that people will know once you get into real estate, expect the unexpected because never, nothing ever seems to go like, like you, like you plan. But if you're the type of personality that likes things planned, likes things orderly, you know, you can find yourself in a position where you're discovering that there are certain aspects of the job that you don't like. And so what she ended up doing was making a career out of being a transaction coordinator because she absolutely loved making sure that the contracts were orderly, that the dates and and deadlines were all figured out, that the communication of when people needed to know when certain things were happening, you know, throughout that process was all aligned. And she was so good at it that she was able to build a great business around it because there were so many other real estate agents that just aren't good at that stuff. So they were able to identify, I'm terrible at this, or, or maybe I'm not so I can do it, but it just, you know, I can do other things better. Like I would rather lead generate or do a marketing promo or go out and show more houses than worrying about contacting the lender on when my appraisal is going to be scheduled and leveraging that often in handling that. So it goes to show you that as you get into the business and you are wearing all of these different hats, that you might discover that there are certain things that you don't like to do. And you know you might have a different way that you're doing real estate or you might 
find that there's opportunities to leverage some of that off. And, and the trick is in, if you're going to leverage off, let's just say transaction coordinating, because that's what we were talking about, you then are opening up that time in your day to do more of the things that you're really good at. So you can find yourself creating a bigger business, a more stable business, and really catapulting yourself into next level growth that you want to go into and having some great success and not having that ripple effect that you were talking about before, Kristen, about what you bring home and those stressors and everything. So you can genuinely create the best life ever <laughs> um, by, by really understanding what, what the heck it is that you're really good at and do more of it. Yes. So if we were going to talk about the DNA of a real estate agent, like what every agent needs to do, or let's say the hats that they need to wear, right? Because I love the transaction coordinator example, because transaction coordinating is something that you can get support and help with. Like there are some things that everyone just need, you have to know how to do it. And then there are certain things that you can outsource or find a partner or you're getting broke brokerage support, or you can hire someone to do it for you. So lead generation, we've talked about, um, marketing was something else that you had just mentioned in, in the example that you had, you have to know contracts. Like if you're an agent, you're writing contracts. Yes. You get brokerage support on that. If you need it, your broker is going to help you, but you have to understand a lot of um, key elements of, of contracts. Like what else, what are the other hats the octopus is wearing? That poor octopus, right? Right. Um, but it's a good analogy. You can literally see like hats going on and going off, right? Can I tell you um, something though before you answer that question? Because I can't I stop. I I don't think <laughs> I can get the vision out of my head until I say it. Actually, I once saw an octopus squeeze through the most like tiny hole on a boat. And I actually think that that analogy, like how adaptable and agile and like formable the octopus is like the places that they can squeeze into. I also think it's symbolic of, of a good agent, right? You're working with all sorts of different people and that ability to communicate and interact with others on the fly, like all over the spectrum, I think is, is also really good. Why an octopus wearing lots of different hats is a good visual. So again, we're back to what other hats, what other hats do we have here beyond the ones that we've maybe mentioned high level? Sure. So it's extremely important as a real estate agent that you're an expert in your market in terms of knowing different things about the community, about the schools, about construction, economic development, you've got to constantly be knowing and understanding neighborhoods and how they're changing, new neighborhoods that are coming in, just all sorts of different things. So you are always going to have to dive into that because obviously you want to be the subject matter expert, especially if you're dealing with clients that are moving in from out of the area. So you you want to stay, stay in the know on that. Another thing is definitely the marketing. And, you know, with the marketing, it's different than lead generating because you, I, you know, you're always wanting to create an awareness, right, of what you're doing and how you're getting things sold. But you want to be a top of mind agent in the people that you're marketing to. So you're constantly putting things out there, 
kindly tapping people on the shoulder and saying, hey, don't forget I'm in real estate. Here's this funny <laughs> meme on my Facebook page. One of the biggest, biggest hats that I don't think can ever come off, to be honest with you, is your communication skills. Yes. Like you have to be an just an excellent communicator. It needs to be in all forms, you know, texting, verbal, you know, written format, you, you know, have to make sure that you're listening as much as you're talking and, you know, really, really diving in to, you know, having that, that great communication. And it's not just with your clients, it's with the other agents, it's with appraisers, it's with home inspectors, it's with, you know, um, lenders, there's a myriad of things that, that can happen. And it's so important to have those good communication skills. And I would say also, if you're going to be selling real estate and representing buyers and sellers, you've got to be a master negotiator. And this mm -hmm. is one of the things that really scares some people. It's a skill that takes time to master and it's going to be situational because you never know when you're going to have to use different negotiating skills, but you, you will learn throughout transactions and just even by listening to other stories and mentors and stuff that happen out there. Um, we talked about transaction coordinating, but then there's just things that people like might not think about. And it could be, you know, you're an interior designer or stager, right? You might be walking someone through a house and they're very visual and the house is empty and they are not understanding where maybe they would put their dining room set. So you have to be able to say like, oh, this would be great here. How big is your hutch? And you're carrying your handy dandy um, tape measure in your purse <laughs> so you can measure it up or even helping them visualize this would be great. You know, you just have to paint the room and maybe switch out the light fixtures and you're painting a picture for them. And one of the funniest things, and this is so true, this is like, I cannot, you can ask any agent that's been in the business for pretty much any amount of time and they will say yeah this is this is 100 true sometimes you're a therapist there's, <laughs> there's so many feelings that happen yes. and there's so many situations sometimes you're dealing with death and you're working with selling an estate or maybe you're working with someone who just went through a divorce and you're selling the house of the two spouses and they're not talking and you're like a, that, that master communicator, that therapist, you know, sometimes it's just the anxiety that people have because as your, your job as an agent is to help them feel really good and confident about the decision that they're making. So sometimes you need to like talk them through it and make them feel good about it. And there's just a lot of feelings and stuff come up. That is such a good example. Like the emotional attachments, like it is the largest financial transaction many people will ever make in their lives. And because we know humans are also uniquely different different, the way that they respond, like, although you may be communicating clearly and the, they're demonstrating that they understand the constant reassurance, the reinforcement, like the handholding, the different emotional, like the ups and downs of the circumstances, like you're, you're on your communication game constantly. 
and the attachment, even sellers, like I raised my kids here, or this was my, this was my mom's house and I grew up here and now we're selling it. There is a lot of emotional attachment to real estate and it's because of the memories that are attached there, good or bad, it doesn't matter. And, and so you do sometimes find yourself wearing that, that therapist hat. And you talked about it in our last podcast when we talked about empathy. And this is really where that empathy piece comes in um, about, you know, what it is that you're doing and, and how that, that happens. So this is just an amazing way for you to really kind of visualize you know, all the hats that, that happen and for you to really take a hard assessment of, you know, how can I do more of, of what I'm good at? And if you don't have those skills, there's ways that you can obtain them, right? So if you are looking at maybe wanting to be better at interior design or staging, you know, there's classes out there, there's gurus, there's mentors and, you know, people out in the um, community that would maybe walk you through and show you, well, this is what I do. And, you know, you can incorporate those into your business. There's things that if you want to get better at communication, negotiation, you can read books, you can attend classes, you can find a coach or a mentor that will coach and, and guide you through these things. Or, you can leverage it out. You can find someone that can do it for you. So perhaps you really love running your real estate business and you've been in the business for a while and maybe you just want to build a team because you want to work on building a business, but you want to um, have your, your team agents go out and do the work with the people because maybe you're emotionally tapped out from being the therapist, right? Right. <laughs> So, so there's all these ebbs and flows that can happen within wearing these different hats and the way that your business and the way that you do your business can change and evolve over time. And you actually have the control to do what you want with your business. And I think that's one of the things that makes the real estate industry just such an amazing industry to be in because you have the ability to design the way that you want to run your business. And it's really about what is it that you do well and how can you do more of that? I love that. It made me think about the story I was telling about myself in the beginning in different working environments before I really understood what my strengths were. I didn't have the control to change the circumstances, which led to a lot of frustration. And so I hear what you're saying and kind of talking us through all of these different hats and recognize that there are, there are sorting mechanisms you can use to say, here are some that I can develop on my own. Here are some that I can get coaching or support with. And here are some that I could maybe outsource to an another um, party or individual. It's like the sorting hat in Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. What are you going to? That's like, immediately you go to Slytherin and you're evil, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know, it is a good example from a visual standpoint to understand like it's okay that everyone is going to uniquely lean towards different types of things that they're better suited for. It's a lifetime of lived and learned experiences. We have all walked very unique paths. Um, We've all responded to situations that we've experienced in our lives that have kind of shaped us to be who we are today. And that's what is so great about a career in real estate is you do have that opportunity to shape and mold your business however you see fit. So I would like to talk a little bit about something agents can do to help identify, you know, what are those things specifically? So whether you're a new agent or you've been doing this for a very long time, one of the things we know for sure is that the industry is always changing. People are always changing. Technology is always changing. So things that maybe you really enjoyed doing in the past feel very different today. And it could be because it's different or you're different and that's okay. Staying plugged into your self-awareness and how you feel about the things that you're doing and kind of being able to be agile with those changes, I think are very important. So I had the opportunity to go to Washington DC for a conference about two years ago. It was an awesome experience. And it was so awesome because one of the keynote speakers was Marcus Buckingham. And if you've never heard of Marcus Buckingham, you have to check him out. He is legit trying to make the world a better place. If you go to his website, marcusbuckingham.com, there's a few highlights on his bio that I pulled out that was like, oh my gosh, this guy is awesome. So he is the founder of the Strengths Revolution. And he spent two decades studying excellence at Gallup and co-creating the Strengths Finders tool. He also built his coaching and education firm, and he's known as the world's most prominent researcher on strengths and leadership at work. And today he leads the research at the ADP Research Institute, and he's challenging entrenched preconceptions about achievement to get to the core of what drives success. And so that's why I think it's so important to lean in here and really listen up because this is backed in research and in science. Like what is it that you can do to make yourself more successful in the things that you're doing? And he recommends this really simple activity and he calls it his love it or loathe it list. And it's like, if you (laughs) want to fall back in love with your job for one week, keep a love it or loathe it list. And every time you look forward to a task or something that you're going to do, or you find the time just flying by, write it down on a piece of paper in your loved it column. Do the same thing for the loathe it column. Like if you find yourself dreading a task or, you know, you're, you feel like that sloth, like just moving through, like, why is this feeling like it's taking forever? You know, it could be that indication that it's just not in your strengths wheelhouse. And that could be an indication that you're either going to be looking for some development in that area. You're going to be looking for some coaching support, or you're going to be looking for an opportunity to find someone else that you could maybe pass those types of tasks or responsibilities to that are going to free you up to do more work in the fast lane, the things that come more natural to you. So once you've identified what he calls the red threads of love in your job, (laughs) you know, you want to start pulling on those strings and then deliberately weaving them into the fabric of 
your daily work. And you, you can use this concept to really not only become more successful, but like also to be way happier in, in doing what you're doing, way happier in how you present yourself to your colleagues, your teammates, to the other people in your firm, how you show up at home, how you show up in the community. And I think that that is what is so important. We know that 73% of people strongly agree or agree with the phase that I have the opportunity to maneuver my job to fit my strengths better. And that means once they've identified like what you're really good at, what those red threads look like for you, you can find more ways to use them every day. And that's what real estate agents have the ability to do within this career path. And Carrie, you nailed it with all these different hats. Like you get to design how you do your business. And I think that's what's so powerful and important about that. So simple tip from Marcus Buckingham, love it or loathe it list. Like if you're not quite sure where you're sitting on the spectrum of like, what is it that I love to do? What is it that's causing me problems? I think it's a really easy task to do. And I think that's something that also segues into when you are self-aware and mindful of what that looks like for you, how do you reach out and then get the support and the help that you're looking for? And I'm a huge advocate of broker leadership teams. Like we know for certain that wherever you're an agent, the people around you want you to be successful. That is undeniably the true, like this is an industry where we all win when we are more successful together. So I strongly encourage anybody who is listening to this, once you've identified those things that really light you up and you know that you're really great at, and you've identified where those opportunities to maybe seek additional support, like that should be your first stop. If you don't have a coach, if you don't have a mentor, look to your leadership for support because they are sincerely invested in your success and they are going to be willing to help you out. And Kristen, that's such a great point. First of all, the red threads, that is <laughs> amazing. And I would think that those are probably some things that you you could even put into your personal life as well, right? Yes. So when you think about some of these things and how they can not only help you professionally, but you know, you can find ways to use some of these tools personally. I think that's amazing skills that, that you can learn with that. When you talk about agents that might want to take that next step in their business, or maybe, maybe they're still taking their first step and they aren't looking for the guidance. And you look at the leadership teams that are within certain brokerages. It's very important to know and understand that it, once you learn what you're good at and what you're not good at, to start assessing if the brokerage that you're at is the right brokerage for you. Now, I'm not encouraging people to immediately start switching their brokerages, but this is where if you are someone who perhaps does not like to do the transaction management work, you know, there may be another opportunity for you within another brokerage or maybe even a real estate team that you can go out and seek that from other places. This is where you start to get tactical in terms of I've identified what it is that I'm good at and I've identified what brings me pain. And now what are my options to go in and solve this problem? So it may be with another brokerage, it may be within a team, it might be just hiring somebody. So you can look at those leverage points and, and pull that in, but it's important to know, and, and I wanna bring this up 
for anyone that's listening is that if you've been with one brokerage, it's worth taking a shot and saying what other brokerages are available in my market that could support me in the way that I want to be supported. And if you can't find that, then, you know, there's other opportunities to bring that into your business and your world. You know, Carrie, something that's coming to mind, like, you know, hearing you say that is this vision of how many agents out there are such strong relationship builders that when they start working with their clients and serving them throughout the transaction, they become so entrenched in making that experience be the best possible experience it can be. And when you get so wrapped up and engaged in that, how many agents find themselves on the other end of the transaction? action, all is said and done, the closing has happened, commissions are paid, only to realize that now they had to focus on building their pipeline back up. And it becomes this like roller coaster effect because they get so tunnel visioned because chances are the relationship and the experience is what's naturally coming easiest for them that balancing all of these other hats that they're wearing when they become tunnel vision creates an inconsistency in their real estate production that can also generate some stress for them so that it's like, you know, maybe they're good at lead generation. Maybe they're good at marketing, but maybe they've recognized that like I go into certain modes depending on where I'm at. So it could be that you just have to assess again, not that you're not good at it, but that maybe you are interested in being more of a consistent producer. So you start to identify those trends and how you naturally approach your work and the way that you do it. And you, you seek out that help to kind of level out the production and the consistency piece. And that's such a good point, Kristen, because I literally last night just had a conversation with a client and he runs a real estate team. And one of his top agents um, came to him and said, Hey, I am going to go to a different brokerage and be an independent agent. And he didn't see it coming. And this particular agent relied on this team for about 80% of their business. And so he knew that marketing and lead generation was going to be a very, very tough, tough thing for this person to do because it's not what came to them naturally. It's what kept her on the team for as long as she had been because of, you know, how much business that was handed there. So we talked about how hard it is to make that transition from a team agent to a single agent when you really have to understand all those different hats that you're wearing and where you're going to get that support from. But it, you know, just ties back to your point, Kristen, in really doing that assessment. And it makes me wonder, I wish I could have had a conversation with her to talk about this specific thing to say, hey, let's get real. She should have used the love and loathe it and then really made sure that she was making the right decision. Even as a brokerage leadership team, when when, when someone's looking to to switch brokerages to be in that solution based you know conversations to say are you aware that these are all the things that you're now going to have to do as a as a single agent and sometimes they nod their head and say yeah until they realize oh my gosh this is so <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, what's so funny. This is so not related specifically, but I think it's like a parallel to this. So I had spent many, many years working in financial services and I'll never forget being like a lifelong member of this credit union. And that's where I did all of my banking and my husband and I moved. And it just so happened that a new branch for a different financial institution was built and it was right on my path to work every day. And so I thought to myself, you know what? we're going to move our accounts to this different financial institution because it's going to be more convenient. It's on the path, on the drive to work every single day. And I walked into my old credit union and I said, I'd like to close out my accounts. And right. I knew people there and it was like a friendly interaction. And they're like, Oh, you know, we're really sorry to see you go. And they cut me a check. And I walked into the new financial, went through this painstaking process of reestablishing and setting everything up. And you want to know what I realized? What? I never used a branch. I never used a branch. <laughs> Everything was virtual. Like I never, like payroll was automatically deposited. Payments were electronically taken out. It didn't matter the physical location of where the branch was. I so very rarely actually used a branch. And what I recognized in that experience was even the institution that I walked into to close that account, they didn't know how I was using their services, right? They, they weren't aware aware of it. So they couldn't have prevented me from leaving because they never said like, well, Kristen, why are you leaving? You know, oh, you're looking for a more convenient location, but you, you know, in, in the 12 years that you've been a member here, you've only been in our branch, you know, like seven times maybe. So the whole point is, and I know, again, it's not specific to real estate exactly, but it goes to the point of like being mindful and aware of how you're using things, how you rely on things, what types of things you rely on. And the reality is, is that we all have, this is a very personal thing to each and every individual. We all have unique things that we prefer. We all have things that we know will come easiest to us. So like in your example of the lead generation, sometimes you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Right. You know, so it's like, I think on both ends of the spectrum, like it's almost like a balanced scorecard, if you will. When you look at all of the features and the benefits of being part of a team, we are all going to weight those differently. And it's going to really influence our decisions on, are we getting what we need? Are we as productive and as successful as we possibly can be? And what could we be doing differently, if anything? And, and that's the piece too, is sometimes it comes from direct leadership. Sometimes because we are independent contractors, like when you're a real estate agent, you're like running your own business. Sometimes you just need to take matters into your own hands and find the solutions that are going to work for you. And I think you hit it, Carrie. Like sometimes it's hiring somebody yourself. Sometimes it's going outside of your brokerage and finding the resources and the development that you need to go to the next level. It's so true. Another client that I worked with, they were a high, high, high producing agent on a real estate team that had a 50-50 split with the team. And they did their calculations to go in and say how much money they ended up paying to the team and started recognizing that, you know, I think they were four years in business and started calculating how many transactions that they were actually procuring on their own, not 100% reliant on the team. 
and really did an assessment of what they were good at, what they would need help with, because there were certain things like they did not know how to enter a listing into the MLS. Like it sounds like something that every real estate agent should know, but they had the support to do it. And when they started doing the numbers, they recognized that they could do 50% less transactions and make the same amount of money. They also recognized they could do the same amount of transactions, but take that income that was that was coming in and they could invest that into their own marketing and lead generating as well as you know hiring a support person and be completely independent to build their own team now that doesn't mean that it works for everybody but to your point we you you have the ability to take control and you know to really sit down and say these are the things that i do really well these are the things that i actually don't know how to do. So where can I get the skill to, to do those things? Or where are the leverage, you know, where's the, the talent that I can just hire to do it for me. And you really become a, your, your solution-based thinking and you end up being happier because now you're not so reliant or you're maybe wanting to build your own business independent of real estate team and vice versa. I see real estate agents that are single agents and they're just struggling. And when we sit down and we say, well, what, where are you spending most of your time? And they're spending their time so much time on things that are not generating them business that they realize that perhaps if they join a team or they were to take some things off their plate, that they could be doing more business or just simply have more time, you know, more time to put the kids in, you know, to bed at night or not work weekends because they have an agent that only wants to work weekends and show houses. So you, you have the ability to do so many amazing things by taking a time out, really practicing what you taught everyone, identifying their love or loathe and really seeing, you know, Hey, how can I be doing more of the things that I love to do and less of the things that are just painful for me? And it really will help you thrive in business, but also personally and create a ripple effect that's a positive ripple effect, right? And you just end up having so much authentic joy and kind of a glow. And it allows you to think about more than just business because that's that's why we're here, right? Yes. I love that. Another point to that. It's great. No matter where you're at in your real estate career to do exactly that so that you can be more authentic, find more joy, just make it feel a lot easier, but it's also a good best practice to get into as you scale up your business. If that's what you're looking to do. Um, I think you made this point, you know, with all these different hats, as you grow it's going to be impossible for you to continue to wear all those hats, like smaller agents, as they get started, depending on how they're approaching their business. But when you're scaling up and if volume is what you're going after, you have to self-identify the things that you do well. And the things that even if you do it well, like what are the things that you're going to hand off? Because you just know someone else is going to be able to do that better. And your business is going to be able to 
scale and grow faster if you are more aware of how you would approach that when the time is right. And you'll know when the time is right. Absolutely. When agents talk to me about wanting to grow their business and we're doing a a coaching session, we really start to dive into how many transactions are you doing? Who do you have for, for these pieces? And what they often find out is that not only is their plate full, but it's overflowing. Mm-hmm. And they end up spending the most time in pain points are usually spent in the places that they're not good at things, right? Maybe they're constantly chasing their tails because they're missing deadlines. And so now they got to write new contracts to extend things out. And so they're causing a lot of extra work for themselves. There's a myriad of things that can happen with that. But you have the ability to really hone in on what are, you know, some of those things that need to be taken off your plate, because there's no way that you can possibly grow if you don't start making some changes in your business. So often if you're sitting in your business and you're feeling like, gosh, why am I doing the same amount of transactions this year? I feel like I'm busting my butt, but I'm not going to not taking my business to that next level. It's likely a leverage issue. And and you need to sit down and you need to say, what am I good at? And what is somebody else better at than me? And how can I hire them? (laughs) Yes. But I think that's such a good point. And the reflection part of it is a big chunk of this may be numeric. Like you're looking at leads and transactions, closed transactions, volume, those things will be really important, but it also goes beyond the metrics and into behaviors. Like you need to look for clues at how you think, like, how do you get work done? How do you influence others? How do you build relationships? Because sometimes those things can be hanging you up, but you're not going to necessarily see it in the numbers. So it does take that deep level of self-awareness to be very in tune with how you're approaching things and how those things feel to you, which is, again, you just talked about Marcus's love it or loathe it list, why that love it or loathe it list is so powerful and so important because it gives you another data point to help you make really strong and solid decisions. Some of the stuff is driven by feelings. Some of the stuff you just power through it, you move on to the next thing so fast, you really forget how much you despised it and how much it really slowed you down or how that you know, just made everything feel a little bit more clunky when you can own it and you claim it and you're like, yep, that is me. You're going to be able to be more action driven and build a much better success framework around you for you to achieve your goals and be able to accomplish the things that you're looking to do. Absolutely. Kristen, you know, here's the bottom line is we want you to be successful in your business. And we genuinely want agents that are selling real estate in in the industry. We really do want them to have the best life ever. We want you to love what you do every single day when you're working. And it is possible for you to dominate your real estate business even more, but you need to take the responsibility for owning, honoring, and contributing to your best self. That's all that we have for today's Golden Power Hour podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and are looking for more ways to develop and grow your real estate business, please do us a favor and check us out on mygoldenlink.com and follow us on our social media channels like Instagram and Facebook. And please have a great day and stay golden. Oh, you know,